Thank you, thank you. Uh, so, again, thank you for coming today. Uh, this week, I was, um, as I was praying, because, you know, there's so much celebration, and I don't even want to wait myself, because I've been going to so many dinners and parties, and just, you know, I, I, I feel like my pants are a little tighter. Um, but we... We do so much celebration, you know, on Christmas. Uh, I mean, the first week, the second week, the third week. And as I was praying, Lord, uh, what could I share this Sunday um, after celebrating, you know, uh, Christmas and all the gifts? And I felt like the Lord uh, spoke to me to speak uh, on on chapter one in the book of Acts. And, um, and I want to... My message today, it's like a question. So now what? Now we finish Christmas. We open all the presents. Some of you are going to be returning your presents uh, and getting new ones. Uh, some of you may be going through uh, buyer's remorse. Uh, that, oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe how much I spent. And then January, you know, we have to start paying that back. And uh, But Christmas doesn't have to stop the third week of December, or the last week. Uh, Christmas was here for a reason. And I want to talk about two different promises today that I want you to keep in mind um, as we move into 2020. There's two promises that we need to treasure in our mind and our heart. Think about those. Because I truly, truly, truly believe that these are two of the most powerful promises in the New Testament. So I'm going to read from ch uh, chapter 1, verse 1 uh, to, to 11 or 12. And it says like this. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gather around him and ask him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel or to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After, her, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into, into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white 
stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has come before it has been taken for you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Let's pray one more time. Father, um, as we talk about this scripture, Lord God, we want to pray for your Holy Spirit to guide us. We want to pray, Lord God, that you open our hearts and that we understand, Lord God, this great promise and especially what the Holy Spirit can do in our lives and the mission of the Holy Spirit. So now we come to that question, Lord God. We are at the end of 2019. We already celebrated Christmas. Now some of us have resolutions for New Year. Some of us probably not. So what do we do now? And that is the question your disciples were asking. So we pray that you guide us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So if you notice in chapter number one, as we read, and there's two promises I want to talk about. The first one is the second coming of Jesus. And the second one is what Jesus promised or the Father promised sending the Holy Spirit to us. But it had been, if you read um, on verse number, number, number three and none, it says that after his suffering... Jesus, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a, peri a period of 40 days. So in the day that Jesus was raised from the dead on a Sunday, counting that first day to the last day Jesus was on earth and he was taken up into heaven, there were 40 days in which Jesus appeared to the disciples, appeared to a lot of people, and he was preaching about the kingdom of God. And one of the things that really surprised me, if you read the last chapters of every single gospel, Matthew, Mark, John, and Luke, you will notice that the question in the disciples was, when are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Because the Jewish people, they have been waiting for this promise from the Old Testament that God was going to send the Messiah who was going to restore the kingdom of Israel back to what it was before. So the apostles were waiting for a political leader. So when, you know, they, they, were, they walked with Jesus three years and they learned about his ministry. They saw him, you know, do miracles. And they understood, okay, this is the Messiah. This is Jesus. This is the one that God has sent. But all this time when Jesus was talking about, look, guys, I'm, I'm going to die. Uh, I'm going to be crucified. I will die a terrible death. But on the third day, you know, I will raise up again from the death and and this has to be done. So the disciples understood that, okay, Jesus, uh, you're going to die. You're going to be crucified. We understand all that. But the question that the disciples always had in mind was, okay, so what's going to happen after you raise from the death? Are you going to take over? 
are you, are you finally going to defeat the Roman Empire so that we become free from slavery? And Jesus always, you know, gave them the same answer. And in verse 4, it says that on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command on, on, on his last day. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John the Bap for John, John the Baptist, baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So a few days, um, a lot of people, a lot of uh, historians believe it was about 10 to 15 days after Jesus was taken up to heaven when the promise of the Father came which is the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. If you read uh, the Gospels, when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, he says the Holy Spirit will be an advocate for you. And in one occasion, when the disciples are asking Jesus, Jesus, okay, are you going to stay now? Are you going to deliver us from the Romans? Are we going to be free? Are you going to restore the kingdom? And Jesus gives the same answer. Uh, only the Father knows the day, but Jesus says, but it's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come and be with you. So if you, if you think about those words, Jesus saying, it is better that I go. It's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come. And now Jesus, uh, in the book of Acts, you know, he's saying... John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I know that sometimes, you know, people feel a little, uh, okay, you know, we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I encourage you not to see, you know, this chapter uh, only through your emotions. I encourage you to see this chapter as it is. It is words spoken by Jesus uh, which, by the way, John the Baptist, when he before baptizing Jesus, he said, I baptize with water, but the one who comes after me, he will baptize you in fire through the Holy Spirit. How many here in the church think that you have gone through the experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, that's good. So we're going to talk more about that, you know, uh, later. But it says here in verse 5, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gather around him and ask him, Lord, there's the political question again. Lord, are you at this time? Okay, so the disciples are listening. Okay, so we're going to receive the Holy Spirit, and you're going to baptize us in fire. That's great, Jesus. But verse 6, then they gather around him and ask him, Lord, are you at this time, when the Holy Spirit comes, going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Are we going to be a nation again? <coughs> are you going to be the king? Verse 7, Jesus goes back to the same answer that he gave before. And he says, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. 
verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. I know a lot of churches, you know, don't speak about it too much. Uh, maybe because, you know, they feel afraid that some people will disagree or some people will not understand or some people have different views. But we're not concerned, you know, about this because we read the scripture and we know what it says. Verse 8, Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That power going into 2020, Agape Church, I would like for us to desire to have more of the Holy Spirit in our life. I would like for us to start praying, Lord, give us that Holy Spirit in this church. Because Jesus promised when you have the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power. And that power is going to be used to witness about me to the world. We need to start pursuing the Holy Spirit a little bit more. We may not understand completely um, everything about the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're going to study it, you know, in the scriptures. But one thing I want you to know today, number one, the Holy Spirit is a promise from the Father. And that's what Jesus said. I need to leave. I need to leave the earth because if I don't leave, then the Father will not send the Holy Spirit. It's important that I leave you guys so the Holy Spirit can come. And then the disciples come and say, okay, Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we understand the Holy Spirit will come. We'll have power to talk to people about you. But are you going to restore the kingdom? Are we going to be a nation again? Are, are you going to be the king that, that we know you are? And are we going to submit the Roman Empire and, and defeat them and... And they're probably thinking about, oh, okay, Jesus, because he's the Messiah, he will restore the kingdom. And maybe angels are going to come and, and, and maybe armies, you know, are going to be raised. But, but we're going to take over this time. And Jesus said, no, it is not for you to know when exactly that's going to happen. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. I think I had, you know, this, this experience, you know, when I was a teenager, uh, receiving the Holy Spirit. It's, it's very, very powerful. If you want to know a little bit more about that uh, on chapter 2, which I will be sharing, you know, next Sunday, you will see more details about what happened when the Holy Spirit comes to the life of a person. I have experienced um, that power in my life. When I was a teenager, I started to hear about the power of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. And I made it a goal. I said, okay, God, um, I want you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And I remember, I think I was about 14 years old when I started praying. And this is when back in the day, you used to go to church every day. About 40 to 50 years ago, some of you guys remember that Monday was prayer day, Tuesday was uh, women's ministry, Wednesday was men's ministry, 
Thursday uh, was uh, elders ministry. Friday was another ministry leading the service. Saturday was youth ministry. Sunday you will go to church in the morning and then you will come back to church in the evening. Uh, some of you remember those days, right? So I started praying and praying and praying and praying. I spent months praying. And one time I remember that I was, as I was on my knees praying, I just felt like something powerful, you know, shook my body. And I started to cry and cry and cry and cry. And, and, I, and I felt this joy and overpowering, overwhelming force, you know, that came upon my life. And I was there for like hours, hours. And I remember that what happened to me the next day, I cannot even describe it myself. Because when I woke up the next day, the first thing that I felt was I have to preach the gospel. And I'm not kidding. I got my Bible. That was like the first week of January when I was 14 years old, long time ago. I got my Bible and I took one street. And I started going home by home. I'm 14 years old. I started going home by home by myself with my Bible. I wasn't dressed up. I didn't have a tie. And I remember when, when I woke up, you know, my, my mother wasn't there because my mother, you know, had left us, you know, a long time ago. So my dad was surprised. Where are you going? And, and he saw me, you know, with my Bible. And I said, I'm gonna, I have to preach the gospel. I have to go preach the gospel. Jesus is coming. And, and I went to the streets. And, and, and I started going home by home, home by home. And I remember that I started, I knock at the first door. And this lady comes to me. You know, everybody's in vacation. So she, her hair is not done. And she's in pajamas. And. And first thing, you know, I, I told her is, hi, uh, my name is Franklin, and I want to speak to you about the, the gospel of Jesus. How are you doing today? And she saw me like, uh, good, uh, yeah, let's talk. And, and I ended up praying for her, went into the other house. They didn't open the door, went into the other house. Then a man came in. I prayed for him. And I spent a whole day preaching the gospel of Jesus on one side of the street, came back home, and I continued doing it, continued doing it, continued doing it. Not only that, but you know what I experienced? When the power of the Holy Spirit comes to you, there's a sense of urgency. That's one of the signs that, that you will notice when um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit has come to your life. There's a sense of urgency to preach the gospel of Jesus. Oh my gosh, wherever you go, I have to preach the gospel. I have to bring a Bible with me. I have a Bible track. I have to invite people. Have you, have you ever noticed that sometimes you're talking to someone and then the voice of the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you and saying, witness to that person. Talk to that person about Jesus. Talk to that person about Jesus. How many of you guys have experienced that before? That you meet a friend and, 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 or someone in your school and this happened to me one time when I was going to school. 
uh, when I was taking English classes, after my experience in, in the Holy Spirit, I remember that I was in an English class and I was on the first seat. And all of a sudden, I just felt in my heart that, that God was telling me to look back, to look back. And the classroom were maybe like about 50 students. I looked back, and there was a young girl. And, and I felt in my heart that God spoke to me and said, Franklin, I want you to get up and go and share the gospel with that girl. And I felt like, okay, Lord, but, you know, I'm, I'm a little shy and, and she's pretty, you know, she's going to be thinking that I'm hitting on her and I don't know what I should do. Uh, so I let the class end and then I just went to her, introduced myself and I told her, hi, my name is Franklin and, and that was quick. Um, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He has a plan for your life. And she said, oh, you're a Christian? And I said, yes. And she said, well, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. Um, so that kind of stopped me. And during six months, I felt this voice telling me, Franklin, talk to her about me. Talk to her about me. Preach the gospel to her. And, and I would look for little opportunities here and there, you know, to share the gospel, to talk to her. And, and we became good friends. And I remember that this feeling was so strong in my heart to talk to her about the gospel. And we were coming to the point where we are going to finish one class. And then there was going to be a week vacation. And then we are going to come back. And we had been in class together for like five months. And I remember that the last week I, I prayed and prayed and prayed and said, God, uh, I give me the words. And I started to do research on atheism and why people don't believe in God and, and how to talk to them about the gospel. I prepared myself during a whole week so that I could go and preach the gospel to this girl. <coughs> the day I went back to class, for some reason, I was running late. And when I entered the classroom, everybody was there. My teacher was talking to another student. She was crying. Most of my classmates, you know, they looked down. And I sat down, you know, like I'm, sometimes I get very happy and I'm loud. And, and I sat down on my seat and I was like, why is everybody quiet? And then one of my classmates told me, oh, you don't know what happened? I said, no, what happened? Wendy, the girl from San Francisco, the United States. Oh, yeah, yeah, where is she? Uh, she got killed a uh, couple of days ago, and we just found out yesterday. And it was, like, spiritually traumatizing for me that I wasn't able to talk to her completely about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus told the disciples, when you go through that experience of baptism in fire with the Holy Spirit, you will be my witnesses. Do you know why uh, none of the disciples, if you read church history, none of them, none of them ran away from death? All of the disciples, you know, they all, they, they all had a, a terrible death. But we, we get scared from, for death, right? We, we don't want to get killed. We, 
there's some countries where, where we, wouldn't, we wouldn't go because if we're Christians, they will persecute us. But the disciples were not like that. The disciples, even Peter, when he was crucified, he said, okay, crucify me, but I don't want to be crucified in the way Jesus was crucified because that's too much of an honor. So crucify me upside down. And, and even though human-wise, we feel like, oh, my gosh, you know, the disciples and what a terrible death. But these guys were extremely brave. They were brave because they had the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a, there's a story of a disciple of Timothy. Uh, if you guys read about when he was burned in the, in the Roman Coliseum, they asked uh, this disciple of Timothy, uh, reject the gospel and we're going to let you go free. Are you going to be burned at the stake? And of course, he said, I will not reject the gospel. I believe in Jesus Christ 100%. He started preaching, so they took him in, in the middle of the Roman Coliseum. And they started burning him, you know, at the stake. And while he was dying, church history says that this man started singing and praising God and preaching the gospel and saying, Lord, I praise you for this fire that is burning me. It is an honor to die for you, Lord. But I intercede for these people who are doing this to me because the, the fire that is in hell is way worse than the fire that I'm going through right now. And he started singing, singing, singing. And church history says he was burned until the last second of his life. He died praising God. Now, you may ask the question, how can they do that? Like, why? Because the Holy Spirit was in them. I want to finish with this thought. I want us, you know, in, in 2020 to ask God, God give us more of that power so that we can preach the gospel in this community. How many of you guys desire that? You may be the shyest person in this place, but trust me, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be unstoppable. Um, but I don't want you to think that having the Holy Spirit means that somebody is more sanctified than you or having the Holy Spirit or, that, or not having the Holy Spirit makes you less of a Christian. That's not what it is. Uh, the Holy Spirit is a promise that is open to all of us. So let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you today, Lord God, because when you left, you gave us this promise that you were going to send the Holy Spirit to live in our lives and give us power. During these times, Lord God, in this country, in the United States, in the middle, Lord God, of so many people who, who try to represent Christianity, Lord God, sometimes not in the biblical way, we need your Holy Spirit with us so that we can be those witnesses to the world of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of heaven. Lord, I pray for our church. I pray, Lord God, that we will desire to have more of the Holy Spirit in us. 
The scripture also says, Lord God, that there's a fruit that comes through the Holy Spirit when we have you in our lives. We develop patience. We develop perseverance. We develop faith. We, we develop the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And I pray, Lord God, that we will develop that fruit of the Spirit so that we can be witnesses to the world. I pray, Lord God, for that power in us to be witnesses, that we will have that sense of urgency to reach out to other people. That we will, you will not allow us to be comfortable in 2020, but we will have that that sense of urgency to reach out to people, to call people, to invite people, to share the gospel with people, and, and allow your Holy Spirit to do his work in their lives. Thank you, Lord God, and we pray for this community around Agape Church. We pray for every single member. We pray, Lord God, for the leaders, the life groups, Lord God, that are going to be starting, that your Holy Spirit convicts the hearts of this community. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you. Amen. God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. That's all. Please stand for last worship. There were walls between us. By the cross, you came and broke them down. You broke them down. There were chains around us. By your grace, we are no longer bound. No longer bound. You call me out of the grave. You call me into the light. You call my name and then my heart came alive. Your love is greater. Your love is stronger. Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater. Your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Feel the darkness shaking, all the dead are coming back to life, back to life. Hear the song awaken, all creation singing, we're alive, cause you're alive. You call me out of the grave. You call me into the light. You call my name and then my heart came alive. Your love is greater. Your love is stronger. Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater. Your love is stronger. Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. And what a love we found. Death can't hold us down. We shout it out, we're alive, cause you're alive. And what a love we found, death can't hold us down. We shout it out, we're alive, cause you're alive. Again, what a love we found, death can't hold us down. We shout it out, we're alive, cause you're alive. Your love. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. 
service of the month and the year so we'll see you until next year